Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. and Shalom. This is your host, Sister Donna Deckard, and this is the House of Ephraim with Cradle of Hope on Tuesday, July the 18th, 2023. Yes, it is quarterly week. <laughs> and today is Teacher's Tuesday, but first, a word from our And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Welcome back. This is your host, Sister Donna Deckard. I have a few announcements to make. First of all, like I said, this is quarterly week. Yes. If you have not planned on being here to quarterly, I'm telling you, you are missing out because God has some awesome plans for this weekend. Yes, he does. And I am so excited about it. I'm telling you, it's going to be a terrific, terrific weekend. Those of you who are registered, you come expecting, expecting, Expecting God to do something for you. You come and put a demand on God's anointing for your life, for your life, that it will make a difference for you. And I'm telling you, you won't be disappointed. You won't be disappointed. No, you won't. I'm, so I am excited about that. And that uh, quarterly, of course, is the 21st, Friday. Night, we'll have a service at 7 p.m. Then we have Saturday, 10 a.m., 12 p.m., and 5. And then we also have Sunday morning at 10 a.m. So we'll be excited to see all of you, hug your necks, and, and just enjoy the fellowship as well as the ministry time. Excuse me. Check out our webpage, www.jewishprofit.com. And for more information and 
for that and other things, we have Sabbath Fellowship available on our YouTube channel. And, you know, we've had that YouTube channel now for for a couple of years or more. I I'm, honestly can't remember exactly, but we've had that YouTube channel. We have Prophet Mark Reinbold on Friday nights. And on Wednesday evenings, at my, I, I minister myself. We have Blog Talk Radio five days a week uh, with the late Prophet Deckard and myself on this station. On the other station, we have Prophet Gary Burpee and Prophet Greg Burpee on Tuesdays and on Thursdays. If you are interested, email us at cradle at jewishprophet.com, and we will get, we will get that information to you as to the times and the links, phone numbers, anything that you might be needing, we can get that to you. So I, uh, I am going to start a new piece of ministry. As I said, it's Teacher's Tuesday. And today, today we're going to start a new piece of ministry, and it's called, well, it's not new. It's not new. It's just a different series than what we've been doing on the blog here. The war for your mind. The war for your mind. You realize that most of us, most of us, we lose the battle with darkness with our thoughts. It's our thoughts is where we lose the battle. We start believing what we think. And our thoughts can be toyed with by darkness. Your mind is the battleground. And you are the only one who can change what you're thinking. You're the only one that can do it. Oh, somebody can come along and say, that's not right. You're not thinking right. But that doesn't make you quit thinking it. It can if you'll take notes, if you'll, if you'll listen to what they're saying. But you are the only one. It's only you that can change what you think. Now, how are you going to do it? How are you going to change what you think? Well, you're going to have to think think something else. Now, if you are worrying, if you are fretting, if you are depressed, if you're down in the dumps and you're thinking all these negative thoughts, these negative thoughts, these negative thoughts, how are you going to reprogram your brain? It's like a computer. You're going to have to reprogram it. And how do you do it? With the Word of God. You have to use the Word of God to fight the spiritual battle. That's what you have to use. The Word of God. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness 
in high places. We are in a spiritual battle. A spiritual battle. Darkness is trying to overcome the life of God. In the Amplified Bible it says, For we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents. How many of you are struggling and battling with physical opponents? Maybe it's your boss. Maybe it's your coworker. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's in your, in your immediate family. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your children. You are not battling in the flesh. Sister Donna, yes, I am. They've come against me. My boss has it out for me. He, he wants me fired. And he keeps trying to find reasons to get rid of me. It's not in the flesh. It's a spiritual battle. And it's one. It's one in the spirit. Prophet told a story years and years ago when he was working as a boiler maker. He had this co-worker. Didn't like him. Didn't like him. He was always saying things and making comments. And Prophet went home one day and he's praying. He's saying, God, I don't know what this... He goes, I haven't ever done anything to this guy. This guy doesn't like me. And it was bugging him. And as he began to pray, God said, I want you to push the plate back. I want you to fast for him. What? Why should I fast for him? He doesn't like me. He mistreats me. He gives me grief. Fast. I want you to fast for him. The prophet began to fast, began to pray in the spirit for that man. <coughs> Excuse me. Wasn't too long after that. The prophet was walking out of the the yard there at work, walking, getting ready to walk through the gate, heading home. <clears throat> and that man was walking pretty close to him. Prophet said hi to him. And the guy kind of sheepishly looked at him and said hi back. And he said, you know, he said, I don't like you. Prophet said, I know. I know. He said, I don't even know why I don't like you. Prophet said, I know. He said, you're not that bad a guy. Prophet's like, thank you. And 
And the man said, you know, he said, I had something strange happen to me. He said, I woke up in the middle of the night. And he said, I don't know what it was, but it felt like electricity flowing through my body. The prophet said, I know what it was. He's like, you do? He's like, yes, I do. Said, that was the spirit of God. He said, are you saved? And the man said, oh, I go to church once in a while when my wife makes me. I may be messing the story up because, you know, it didn't happen to me. I'm trying to remember how Prophet told it. But the man just, he wasn't saved. Prophet said, that you're not saved. He said, you have to know you're saved. When you're saved, you know you're saved. And he led that man to the Lord. The very person that was giving him trouble at work the very person that didn't like him, was talking against him, was a soul unto the Lord. He was a soul. And God had prophets to fast for his enemy. And his enemy got saved. See, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a physical battle. The man didn't even know why he didn't like Prophet. You know why he didn't? Because the light inside of Prophet stirred up the darkness inside of that man. That's why. The light inside of you can stir up darkness in others. And they will begin to persecute you. They will begin to speak against you. Because this darkness, the spirit of darkness in them, doesn't like the light that's in you. And we are battling a battle against darkness and against light. And we, we have the upper hand. We have the angel force. You didn't, if you didn't hear that last quarterly, I'm telling you, you need to order it. We have the angel force. So we don't battle against flesh and blood, contending with physical opponents. But we are battling against the powers, against the master spirits who are the world rulers of this present darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural sphere. See, there's another, there's another world out there that you and I don't see, the supernatural world. Prophet used to say, that's the real world. That's the real world. It's that spiritual world. And in that spiritual world, there's battles going on. I want you to remember, do you remember when Daniel had had decided he was going to fast for Israel? Do you remember when he did that? 
He said he decided he was going to fast for Israel. And he started fasting, and he was fasting, and the days was going by, and and I didn't look it up because this just came up. But you can look it up. I think he fasted, and he ended up fasting like 30 days. And finally, the angel of the Lord appeared. And he said, I was sent from the throne room of God the very first day that you decided to fast for Israel with this answer. But as I was traveling to you, I encountered the darkness, the spirits, the angels of darkness, and we had to battle. And if I remember the story right, he called in another angel to help him to battle so that he could get to Daniel with the answer that came from the throne room, and they had battled for 30 days. How many of us would quit fasting? Well, I guess God didn't want to tell me that. I guess that's, I guess that's just not important to God that I know that. Daniel kept fasting. And yet I want you to also remember, remember when prophet taught about the angels? You see, it's you and I, it's our job to do what? To believe. To have faith. It's our job to pray. It's our job to fast. It's our job to produce fruit, spiritual fruit. But when we are believing, when we are are praying and fasting for something, it is the angel force that is fighting the battle. Because we aren't fighting a flesh and blood physical battle. It is a spiritual battle and our angels are doing the battle. But when we throw our hands up, when we start listening to the thoughts contrary in our mind and begin to believe them instead of God's word, what happens? The prophet said the angels have to start stop battling and just go back home. He said, we're going to get to heaven. We're going to find out how many times they had almost won the battle and we quit believing and didn't get our miracle because we stopped believing. The war is in your mind. You can either believe those negative thoughts in your mind or you can believe God's word. And it's your choice. What do you believe? What do you believe? Well, Sister Donna, you don't know my circumstances. You know what? I don't need to know your circumstances. I don't need to know your circumstances. Because you know what? I know that I know that I know that God's word is true. 
And God's word says right here that whatever you're going through, whatever you're wrestling with, is not flesh and blood. It's not physical, but it's spiritual. That's not what I said. That's what the writer here in Ephesians six twelve said. Inspired by the Holy Ghost, giving us a glimpse into the real world. Giving us a glimpse into the real world. This this piece of ministry right here. I I listened to it. It was it was on a cassette tape. I practically wore the tape out. The year I turned 40. I turned 40 that year. Went bankrupt that year. Ended up divorced that year. You talk about a you talk about a midlife crisis. There I was with three children, the youngest being two, a house, no car, hadn't worked because I was a stay-at-home mom for years, on food stamps, finally decided I was homeschooling my girls and I, I, I wanted to continue that. So I ended up cleaning houses so that I could make enough money to make ends meet and still be at home and homeschool my children. It was a dark time in my life, so I thought. I thought I was a failure. I kept hearing, you're a failure. You failed at your marriage. You 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 got those credit cards and you signed them papers that you would pay it back and 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 now you're saying you can't pay it back and 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 that's not godly. Darkness will beat you over the head with the word of God if again. It was a dark time in my life and I kept listening to this CD. It was a tape back then. I kept listening to it. I'd play it. I'd, I'd put it in. I'd put it in a Walkman, and I'd play it while I cleaned houses. I'd put it in the stereo, and I'd play it when I was at home. And I'd listen to it over and 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 over again. Because I had to understand the battle I was in was in my mind. Was I going to believe darkness that I was a failure? Or I was going to believe God? It was my choice. 
It was my choice. Let me tell you something. To be a single mom with three children, the youngest two, is a frightening situation. Because who wants to marry a woman with that much baggage? I was 40 years old. Hadn't dated since I was in my teens. But God had a plan. And he had to change the way I thought. He had me. He had to have me to change my thoughts. I can remember that during the counseling, Prophet Deckard had counseled our our marriage. And he had told me, he said, he said, you know what? He said, the biggest problem that women or men have when they get divorced is they go back and marry the same type of person they just got rid of. He said, you have to change. And you have to change what you're looking for or you will find the same thing again. He said, you go home and you make a list of what you want in a husband. I made a list, all right. It was the opposite of what I had. And I began to pray. I began to find scriptures. I found the scriptures said the Lord was my husband. I found scriptures that said that God had plans for me. And they were good plans, and they were plans of peace and success. I began to find scriptures that said, he stored all my tears in a bottle. And I began to meditate that. I was like, God, if you store my tears in a bottle, my tears must be important to you. And believe me, I'd cried a bucket of tears that year. I found scriptures that said that he had engraved me in the palm of his hand. I began to find the scriptures. And I began to read them every day until I could change the way I And I began to win the battle against darkness in my mind. I went from being a a basket case of tears, of thinking, I failed. I went from that to being able to hold my head up high and to walk with a, a skip in my step because I knew that God had plans for me. And they were plans of success, not failure. But you see, it took time. 
It took me praying. It took me fasting. It took me reading those scriptures. It took me learning to put down those negative thoughts in my mind. And the only one who could do it was me. Everybody else could look at me and say, it's not your fault. You're going to be a, you're a good mom. You're going to be okay. It'll be all right. Everybody can say what they wanted to say, but I had to believe those positive thoughts over my negative thoughts. And the only way to reprogram was through God's word. We wrestle not. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. The battle is not physical. It's a spiritual battle. John 10.10 tells us what? Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You. Satan wants to kill you. Satan wants to destroy you. It's his job. He failed and there's no redemption for angels. And he wants, he wants you to fail too. He wants to drag you to eternal hell with him. Darkness is not your friend. Darkness is your enemy. But the light of God, God, that is your friend. And his word is how you battle. When you read about the armor of God, it's the sword of of the Spirit. It's the Word of God. The belt of truth. What is truth? God's Word is truth. It's going to hold you together. I can remember my aunt growing up. She she was a nervous person. And when things would get get just a little a little too too chaotic for her, I can I can I can remember she'd take her hands and she'd she'd put her hands on each side of her head and she'd spread her fingers out and she'd she'd wave her hands back and forth and she goes, I'm losing my mind. I can't handle this. You're not losing your mind and you can handle whatever it is you're going through. God's word says that he didn't put you through anything you can't handle. He says there ain't anything you're going through that ain't common to man. But that God would make a way. Many of you are in the wilderness of the battles that you're going through. And you're walking around and you're going, yep, the last job I had, the boss was against me. 
The job before, the boss was against me. The job I got now, the boss is against me. Every time I get a job, the boss gets against me. And you go from job to job to job to job because the boss is against you. When are you going to wake up? When are you going to realize that it's, a, it's, not, it's not a physical battle? It's not a physical battle. When are you going to wake up? When are you going to start warring in the spirit? When are you going to grab those scriptures that say, I have favor with God and with man? When are you going to grab them? When are you going to start reading them and speaking them until you believe that you have favor with God and with man? And it changes for you. It changes for you. Now, God, in the meantime, may change some things in you. Maybe the reason why you had trouble with the bosses is because you didn't give the boss a fair day's work for the wage you were making. Maybe you were sloughing off on the job. Well, that's not godly either. It's not godly either. You know, the Bible says that, that as a slave and as, as a worker for a boss, you're their slave. Yeah, they pay you, but you're their slave. That as a slave... You are supposed to do what? You are supposed to honor them, and you're supposed to do an honest day's work for them. Not cut corners. Not talk behind their back. Important. It's important for all of us to understand. We have to get right with God. We have to be walking in righteousness. And then we'll walk in the blessing. And they will overtake us. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. This is about Adam and Eve. Now they had... They were living in a perfect world. You know that? They were walking in the garden. God came down and communed with them every evening. They, they had food to eat. They didn't have to labor over it. I mean, they were in a utopia, as we would call it. But there was one rule. One rule. Don't eat of that tree in the midst of the garden. Have you ever noticed human nature? Have you ever noticed human nature? When we are told don't do something, we suddenly we suddenly just, it's everything within us not to do it. We want to do it so bad. Human nature. It's not godly. 
verse 1, Genesis 3, 1. Now the serpent was more subtile than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? The woman said to the servant, We can eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. Do you understand how darkness tried to play and plant a thought into her mind? And she began to toy with it. She said, we can eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. What do you mean we can't eat of the fruit? We can eat of the fruit of the trees. But the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. So Eve knew, didn't she? I've heard preachers sometimes say, well, Eve didn't know. Oh, she knew. She sat there and told, told the serpent, we're not supposed to eat of that tree. And so said, touch it, lest we die. And the serpent said, You shall not surely die. You shall not surely die. He just called God a liar. Darkness is the father of liars. And he's a liar. And he just lied to Eve. And he planted a thought into her mind. The war is in your mind. And she began to look at that fruit of that tree that was forbidden. And it looked yummy. She had probably tasted of every fruit in the garden but that one. She'd never tasted that one. But all of a sudden she was like, well, maybe I won't die if I eat it. He planted the thought into her mind. And we all know what happened. She took the fruit, picked it off the tree, took a bite of it, and then she gave it to her husband who was right there with her. And he ate of it. Well, darkness must have been right. The serpent must have been right. We didn't we didn't fall over dead. No, it was a spiritual thing. They physically didn't die right then, spiritually. Spiritually, they set death into this world. You and I, until we receive of Yeshua that 
sacrificial lamb of God. Until we receive him into our heart, make him Lord of our life, we are dead spiritually and we are going to die and burn eternally in hell because of our sin. But when we make Yeshua Lord of our life, when we believe that he is the Son of God and he is alive, we have our ticket to heaven. But we still have to battle darkness down here on the earth. Prophet always said if you're not making spiritually progress, if you're not making steps forward, you're making steps backwards. A lot of people said the prayer, I got Jesus in my heart, went to the altar at their church or whatever they had to do, and then they just stopped right there. You have to pray. You have to study. You need to fast. You need to repent. Daily, for your sins known and unknown. You need to bear fruit spiritually. And you have to learn how to battle darkness in your mind. Because that's where the war is. And some of you have won the battle here, but you've lost the battle there. Lost the battle there. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Hebrews is the faith chapter. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. I remember meditating that scripture. I remember looking at that scripture, and I remember just, you know, I I basically only looked at the back part of it, substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Well, faith, the substance of things hoped for, well, I'm hoping my boss is is going to like me. The evidence of things not seen, my boss does like me. I'm going to have enough this month to meet the budget. The blessings are going to hunt me down. I'm going to walk in health. Oh, that's faith, Mr. Donnie. But you know what I kept overlooking was the first word in that verse. Now! ever heard a parent tell a kid, I want you to go do something, and they're busy playing, and they're not paying attention, and finally they raise your voice, and you look at that child, and you say, go do it now! That means stop playing. Stop whatever 
go do it now. Faith is what you're thinking right now. You either have faith in God right now or you have faith in failure and darkness right now. Where are you at? Where are you at? Where is your faith? Where is your faith? One of my favorite sermons to preach is, where is your faith? Where's your faith at? Oh, I left it back in my locker at school. Well, it's in my back pocket. Get your faith out now and use it. Now. Reprogram your mind now. Tear down those thoughts now. Don't let them build. first step to unbelief is letting what God has for you be destroyed and taken away by fear. Fear is the first step of unbelief. Fear is you looking back at what happened to you in the past. And believing it's going to happen again. Well, I'll get married again. I'll end up divorced. Most divorcees, they end up getting divorced multiple times. Well, I'll get this next job and my boss will not like me, just like the last seven didn't like me. Well, God God might heal me of this, but There's always some other sickness that comes along. I'm always sick. You have to learn to battle it. 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. Chapter 10. Verse 5. Casting down imagination. Casting down Imagination. How many of you ever touched a hot pan? Barehanded. It didn't matter if the entire supper was in that pan. If you had picked that pan up and you didn't have protection, you would drop that pan, you would cast it down. It might end up with spaghetti sauce all over the floor, all over the stove, or all over the counter. But you felt pain in your hand and you cast it down. Not even thinking about I just threw supper away. Casting down imagination. When you have those negative thoughts, you need to treat them like a hot pan. 
knocked him down. But you are the only one that can do it for you. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What is the knowledge of God? If you will keep my covenant, do my statutes and judgments, the blessings will hunt you down. The boss will like you. You'll be able to make ends meet financially, miraculously. I remember when I, after I got my divorce, I was working three days a week cleaning houses. Now let me tell you something. That was not as much money as I lost with my husband's income being gone. But miraculously, with the help of the food stamps, which we were on food stamps before I got divorced. But miraculously, I had enough to make men's meat. I remember Prophet asking, How are you doing? I said, I'm doing fantastic. I'm doing fantastic. He said, praise God. Praise God. Casting down every thought. See, I thought I was going to be destitute, getting divorced. I ended up better off financially. I ended up better off spiritually. With Sister Donna, I don't believe in divorce. Neither did I. Neither did I. Neither did Prophet. Let me tell you something. A few years later, his wife divorced him. And a few years after that, me and him got married. And we began to talk about it. And he said, you know what? The best thing that ever happened to you and I is we got divorced. And it looked like the worst thing in our lives. And he said, let me tell you something, sister. He said, your ministry in your life would never happen married to your first husband. Well, Sister Donna, that's just not biblical. Well, you can think what you want to think. But it's my life, and I can tell you it wouldn't have happened. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity. Now, I've never been in a war. I've never been in jail. I've never been in quote-unquote captivity. But I used to remember as a kid, we'd play games. We'd play a game, 
And in the game, when you it, it was like tag, and when you got tagged, you had to go into captivity. You no longer could play the game and run around until everybody had gotten tagged and there was a winner. And then that person was the tagger now, and all of us that were in captivity got released, and we could run around to until we got tagged again, and then we went back into captivity. Now, captivity meant we had to stay put. Sometimes they play it where it's called freeze tag, that you just have to freeze where you're at, and you're in captivity right there. You're frozen. You can't move because they got to know, oh, you've already been tagged. You're frozen. You're in captivity. Bringing into captivity every thought. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. How do you do that? How do you bring every thought? See, you need to judge every thought. Is that in obedience to Christ? Is that obedience to God's word? Or is that darkness? Is that darkness? You gotta bring you gotta tag it out. You gotta tag it out. Freeze! That's darkness! I ain't gonna think that. God's word says this, this, and this. Your darkness freeze. I'm bringing you into captivity. And believe me, darkness will come around again. Darkness, darkness doesn't give up the first time. Darkness doesn't give up the second time. Darkness doesn't give up the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, the dozenth time. Darkness is always looking to see if there's a, 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 a loophole in your thinking that he can overcome you. That's why. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. And he's not going to give up. But you have to bring in captivity every thought into the obedience of Christ. You have to think your thoughts through and go, that is God. That lines up with his word. Or that doesn't line up. You gotta bring it into captivity. The war the war is in your mind. That's where it's at. It's a spiritual war and it's in your mind. It's the way you think and the way you think produces what you do. Eve did not touch that fruit until she changed the way she thought. And then all of a sudden she began to change the way she thought. Because of why? Because of darkness. Because darkness says, you shall not surely die. God knows that if you eat of the fruit, you'll become like him. Changed the way she thought. And she didn't bring into captivity 
that thought. You and I, we sin just like Eve, just like Adam. We do it every day. Every day. We have opportunities. We have thoughts that we have to overcome. Let's pray. Yes, Father, I come before you. I thank you. I praise you, Father. Father, I lift up to you, everyone who is listening. Father, their thoughts. Help them, Father, to bring into captivity every thought, Father. And help them, Father, to, to search your word out and use your word against what it is. That those negative thoughts are tearing down. In the mighty name of Yeshua. In the mighty name of Yeshua. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Well, I want to thank each of you for tuning in today. And I want to remind you that with God, all things are changed.